Hey guys, for today's episode, I got on the phone with a good friend, Kane Ulrich, and we talked about the battle between the old nature and the new nature. This is especially good for those of you who maybe are new Christians, you're new to the faith, you've trusted Jesus for salvation, and maybe you have this expectation that you know that meant that life was going to be great now, that your sin would just sort of fall away and you wouldn't have any other struggles anymore. But you've probably noticed that you still have to struggle. You still have to battle that old nature. Well, that's exactly what Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 5. And that's what Cain and I talked about in our mentoring conversation. So have a listen and be sure to talk about this one with someone in your life, a group or a mentor. Enjoy the episode. All right, so what was... Let's just start with that first question. What jumped out at you? This is a, to me, this is such a foundational topic. That's why it's in this discipleship track. I think it's, it's kind of worthy of a top 12 topic. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, I'd say my initial reaction was just the war, uh, that's going on between our old nature and our new nature and literally how, um, how present that is and how aware of it that I need to be, uh, so I, I think my initial reaction was, okay, if there is this war between, you know, the old creation and the new creation, uh, the new nature, how do I, how do I fight it well? How do I mm-hmm. um, basically, you know, pick up my cross, Luke nine twenty three, and follow him uh, each and every day and, and win this battle, not through my strength, but through his. Yeah, is it, is it, Some people that I talk to about this passage, it's surprising the way Paul says that that there's a battle. In other words, that the old nature is still present. Is that surprising? Um, at times it is, but I think the more, in my opinion, as a Christian, the the more and more that you're a follower of Christ, I think the more the old nature uh, will disappear. I was. I just think, you know, when, when I was young in my faith, when I first accepted Christ, uh, the old nature was pretty present because there was like this pruning and, you know, refining stage. But, you know, the more mature you get in your faith, I would say, uh, in my own case, the less I see the old nature acting up. It's it's more, uh, mm. it's it's dimmer, I guess is what I'd say. Yeah, so have you ever, even as a mentor, as a discipler of, I know you disciple a lot of younger guys. It can be, I don't know. I know for me, it can be frustrating when someone comes to faith, Sure. you know, and you've been, and they, they have this spiritual high, they put their faith in Christ. And, you know, a month later, you're talking about a, a porn issue or you're talking about a, you know, they slipped, they slipped into this thing that maybe in their mind and maybe a little bit in your mind, you're like, wait, was it real? You know, the, yeah. the conversion thing, is that a real thing? Right. Yeah, yeah. And I, that's where that's where to me I think this verse is so good for everyone to read and understand is to realize wait a second. It actually says this is talking to a Christian, right? And it actually says that your sinful nature is still going to have some kind of a pull on you. Right. Absolutely. Even though the spirit's in you, right? Yeah, no, very much so. Very much so. I I think just off that example that you shared, but uh, you know, like say someone accepts Christ, and a month later they got they got the porn issue. But um, 
I think being a Christian is, you know, uh, do we choose to make mistakes? No, but I think we will at times. And I think that, you know, some people are going to move along faster than others. Um, and I, and I truly believe that if you don't read God's word, like, yeah, you can hear your mentor say, don't, you know, watch porn because it's not God's way, but until you really Mm -hmm. are convicted of that in your own life, um, that could be three or four months down the road before they, they truly knock it out. So salvation, uh, trusting in Jesus. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't discredit their, uh, you know, that they came to know the Lord, but I would continue to challenge them from a, Hey, uh, this is what you committed to. Like you, you surrendered your life to Christ and here's an area or he wants to set you free, um, are you willing? Yeah. Yeah, will you participate, like you said? Will, will you walk in the Spirit? We'll get to more of that, too. But, yeah, I, I agree. I, it's interesting that Paul doesn't say here, these people aren't Christians. You know, Paul is affirming that they have the Holy Spirit. I mean, if you read this passage carefully, Paul's affirming that they have the Holy Spirit, that they're Christians, that they're the conversion experience was for real. And then he makes this list of the sinful nature that's like kind of shocking. It's like, wow, like, is he talking about Christians actively struggling with some of the stuff on that list, the works of the flesh? Right. And maybe so. And I, so I think it's good not to be, it's, I think, instructive for us to read this, hopefully encouraging for, especially for a new believer who came to faith and maybe expected that the Christian walk would be easier, right? Like, why do I still want to go party and make bad choices? And like, is something broken in me? Is something that did it not take, you know? No, absolutely. Did I, did I commit the wrong way or, you know, they start kind of believing the the lies about that, but you know, it's just the, it's what Paul talks about. I actually had a guy that came to faith a few years ago, and he said that same thing. He's like, you keep saying the Holy Spirit is in me. Then why am I, why am I still a jerk to my wife sometimes? Why do I still get impatient? Like he's very aware of the, of the works of the flesh in his own heart. He was very aware of it, and he was, it was discouraging to him because I think he had an expectation that the spirit in him was just going to be this like magic wand. Yeah. And come in and clean everything out right off the bat. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah no, that's good. So question two is a good one. I, share about a time when you were not free to carry, carry out your good intentions. Um, said question three. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so he says, he, he says that that battle makes makes it su- such that you're not free to carry out your good intentions. Like you, you want to do the right thing, like my buddy. You want to do the right thing, but you right. still struggle. You still kind of are drawn to the old sinful nature. Yeah, so uh, I mean, this this may be kind of a funny example, but um, I was in a little bakery the other day, and this this younger gal walked in and you know, her arm uh, was in a sling. And my first reaction was, man, I, I should go and pray for her. I should go encourage her, or, <clears throat> you know, see what happened and, and do all that stuff. But then like in my head, I just had this battle of like, okay, 
is this my old sinful nature? Like, am I, am I lusting to have like mm. a conversation or a relationship there? Or is that actually God speaking? So I think that this mm. example would, would kind of answer this question well, but I ended up not going and praying, you know, and kind of just encouraging that day because I didn't even want to, you know, give an opportunity to my old sinful nature. But, you know, when I walked away and started processing, it was like, really, man, like you're, you're like, get past that kind of deal. Like I was just mm-hmm. calling you and encouraging you to go and pray with someone and encourage their, encourage her. And you, you know, had this huge dilemma of lust and all these things in your mind. So I think that would be an example recently in my own life um, where I wasn't free to carry out a good intention that I had because of, you know, my past. Wow. That's good. Yeah. I think in my life, you know, I've been a Christian a long time and I still feel like there are times when I, at the end of the day, I look, I think back on the day and I'm like, man, like, I didn't, I didn't mean to be short with my wife. Like, I, you know, when you're, when you're praying in the morning about your day, you're not, you know, you're, you're thinking it's going to be a great day. I'm going to, the fruit of the spirit is going to be alive in my life. And then you get in an argument with kids or whatever. And it's just like a constant, it's just a, always a battle. Yeah, Absolutely. Question four is one of my favorite questions. I actually really like doing this question with with really anyone, but especially with new believers, because it makes you kind of dwell on this list, the fruit of the spirit. And the question is from Galatians 5, 22 and 23, which of these is your strongest fruit right now and which is your weakest? Yeah, I'd uh I'd say my strongest, you know, it would be between joy and uh self-control on that list. I feel like hmm just my relationship with the Lord brings so much joy. And like, you know, I see, uh, I pray a lot for eyes to see ears to hear and a heart that earnestly seeks God. And I think that that leads to great joy because I, I see people uh, versus kind of walking by them and then self-control. I'm a firm believer that, you know, the more, as you grow as a Christian, uh, the greater self-control you should have. So, you know, I think that that's a great one. I'd say the area I struggle with the most though is um, probably patience at times. And, mm. you know, I'm, I'm a youth, youth pastor at a church. And, uh, you know, some, sometimes I really just want these kids to know like God and just seek him so passionately and I just want them to get it. And uh, I struggle. I struggle with the patience part of that because I feel like I'm doing something wrong um, so yeah, I'd say, you know, the, the strength would be joy, self-control. The, uh, the weak one would be patience just because I, I want people so desperately to know Jesus, but I know that I can't force it. I got to just allow the Lord to move because I can't transform a heart only, you know, the Holy spirit can transform a heart. I'll, I'll show up, I'll, you know, disciple them like crazy and do whatever I can, but he has to, uh, to move in their heart. So how do you think your wife would answer the question for you, which is your strongest and which is your weakest? Man, I wish we could get her on the line. That'd be pretty fun. Um, you know, I think, 
I think my wife feels very loved. Um, and I think she would say that I'm really kind and faithful. Those would be kind of some of the strengths. But if, if she had to pick one that I struggled with, um, man, that is a tough question. I would, I would probably say gentleness. Um, mm. and just as you were sharing, but it's crazy. It blows me away how, how I have a heart and I have so much, you know, uh, patience at times to disciple other people and like hear all their mm-hmm. stuff. But then, you know, I'll eat dinner with my wife and it's hard to stay tuned in. Or if we got, you know, we're talking about financial stuff, like sometimes, you know, the old nature kind of kicks in and you just, you just kind of jump a little bit. So I'd say gentleness, um, not from a drastic standpoint, but just from a, you know, sometimes I slip up and I, I don't respond uh, with peace as I should. And gentleness, it kind of, you know, is firm. It's funny. I would have, I actually was thought that that might be what your wife would say. Hey, that's good. But I'll tell you why. It's because your person, you're so intense and you're so passionate and intense, which I love. I think it's great. Right. I think that's why we connect so well because I am too. And so I don't I don't think gentleness is just one of your natural. (laughs) You're just a go-getter, you know, you're always wanting to get out there and go and go, which is it's good. It's instructive to know, okay, well wait, so you know, because some of that is it's just why it's kind of how you're hardwired, right? Yeah. And Absolutely. so it's good to know, like, okay, this is this is maybe an area, this is on the list, the fruit of the spirit that that maybe doesn't go along with my temperament, and you know, just the way God wired you. It's not all bad. It's just maybe it's good to be aware of that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. That's uh, that's good. There's, I mean, there's a topic on pursue God that I. Uh, resort too often and it's the tension between relationship and mission but I think that's kind of exactly what you shared Uh, I can tend to be more missional at times Mm -hmm. Um, so it's really important for me to understand like yeah if if this is one of your weaknesses is if if this is something that doesn't come natural um, you know you really got to fight it even harder to try and get better at it and you know it's like uh, I don't think practice makes perfect but practice gives you a lot better opportunity to (laughs) you know, uh, respond with gentleness. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because I'm saying that about you because I recognize that in me too, that I'm so, like you said, so missional and focused. We're just, Trace and I were just with some friends last night for dinner, some old friends from the church and just sitting, sitting with their, sitting with them there at dinner. I realized like from their perspective, I think I've kind of failed them. You know, because I'm so like driven and purposeful with ministry and that, you know, they were on, they were on staff with us and they still love us and we love them, but I'm positive if they were to be looking at this list that they would say, gentleness, you know, you're, you're so driven and you're so, and, and they would appreciate that about me. It's not like they'd be upset with me, but I think that would be something that they would love to see in me more. Yeah, you know? absolutely. That's good. Um, question five, 
name one or two things that haven't changed in your life, even though you know that they should have. And why, why has it been difficult to change those things? You know, once you really kind of came to faith and kind of got serious with God, if you, you know, how many, however many years back. Yeah. So are you saying, uh, is this question kind of like, I don't know. I, I believe as a follower of Christ, like you should always be growing and things like that. Do you want me to share a couple of examples of, uh, like things early on in my journey, I'm kind of struggling to come up with a couple like things that I've, I'm still holding on to right now. Yeah, I guess that's how I would view that question is it's probably a got like maybe, maybe that question sounds a little different to someone who came to faith two months ago, you know, sure. Com- compared to you where, you know, you've, you've been in Christ for a while. I've been in Christ for a long time because I'm older than you are. Right. So I think just maybe something in your life that you recognize, you know, man, I wish I I would have thought that maybe the Holy Spirit's work in my life would have rooted this out by now. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, Well, I mean, Lord just kind of put one on my heart, but so I'm a huge sports fan. Uh, Mm. I mean, basketball, football, hockey, baseball, you name it. Like I just love following that kind of stuff. And I've done that my entire life. And, Honestly, I think that's one area um, that's still been difficult for me to change is sometimes I feel like I can almost, I don't, I wouldn't say like completely idolize sports, but the amount of time that I invest in that, um, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I think that's, that's an area in my life where I could start to kind of trim that a little bit. Uh, for example, like if it's, uh, you know, Sunday uh, after church, uh, there's always NFL football games on. What if um, instead of making it like a huge priority to watch the game, which my mm-hmm. wife isn't a hundred percent invested in. What if I <laughs> invited to go on a walk with her or really tried to move into her heart because, you know, I love football and I believe God uses football in amazing ways, but is the game like making an internal impact? And am I, am I missing my wife who's sitting right next to me when she, you know, when I can uh, be really moving into her heart. So I'd say that's, that's one area um, is sports. I think that could decrease mm. a little bit more in my own life. That convicted me that answer did. Cause that for me, I, that's, yeah. And I know some guys actually that just don't really get into it. anymore. in fact, my own son, AJ, yeah. just for whatever reason, he just doesn't have a draw. He doesn't really care about watching sports on TV and he loves to play sports, but he's like, he gets too antsy as far as sitting there and watching it. And I, and I think I have been thinking recently, like maybe I can learn from my son in this, you know, that because I'll do, I'll, I mean, it's kind of my Sabbath. That's my excuse at least. It's, you know, on Sunday I'll come home from church and I'll sit and just watch turn on the game and just veg and relax and finally kind of have my downtime, you know? Sure. Right. Which I think is important to have that downtime, but mm-hmm. like when, when is it too much? Uh, Cause right. I, I definitely know okay. that I've abused that at times. And, you know, I, uh, my wife and I really, we try and go to bed uh, together a lot, like almost every night. And um, I think that's, that's one lane where it has been better. Like, you know, watching the, an NBA basketball game, regular season, like, mm-hmm no defense who cares right like it's not uh you can just pick it up in the playoffs <laughs> right. so 
instead of choosing to stay right. up till 10 30 and you know when i get in there she's sleeping like we go to bed together and we talk and share and all that stuff and that's i want to keep doing that in more areas yeah, that's awesome so this last question i think is maybe the the thing that we've kind of been hinting toward you know that it relates to that last key point that we participate with god by actively walking by the spirit on a daily basis and i know with so many guys i disciple this is the this is the part that I really want to be able to explain to someone. Like, you can't just come to faith and then expect that God's just going to magically change everything, and you don't have to participate in it in any way. Sure. And so, question six is: make a list of some practical disciplines, spiritual disciplines that you can develop to help you walk by the Spirit. What would be on your list? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, just thinking back to my own my own journey, but uh, really started with prayer for me and developing a relationship. And from there, it, uh, you know, I really added reading the Bible. I, I made that a huge priority because, uh, you know, everyone told me my whole life reading the Bible was good, but I never did it. So I was like, if people tell me this is good, I better, I better do it. And um, even though it may be uncomfortable at the start, I think it's very valuable to read, read God's word. Um, so prayer reading, uh, I really got plugged in to a local church. Uh, I got plugged into a couple of ministries. I liked fellowship of Christian athletes was one of them. Um, so mm-hmm. had a good group around me, um, actually started to give too. I think that was another discipline. God says to test him with your giving and, uh, it's kind of mm-hmm. what, kind of what I did. I said, all right, man, here's, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to put this to the test and says he opens, opens the floodgates at times and all that stuff. So, uh, giving was another one. And then, uh, you know, uh, I started to take serious ownership of my faith by, you know, through all of those four things. And I wanted to share it with other people. So I kind of developed this heart and passion to, invest in others. Um, I don't know how discipleship focused it was at the start, but I just say, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. a willingness to help others. Mm-hmm. So those, those would be some of the practical things that I would do, um, a little bit later on in my, you know, uh, walk as a Christian, I, I tried fasting and, <laughs> Man, that was that was an experience for my first time. Uh, I know I shared that that story with you, but um, fasting is another great way to connect to God. And I think you know, just just having someone that's going to invest in you as well, um, that's going to share and encourage you and and challenge you, and and really just create that accountability. So, how would you explain to another, like like let's say you're discipling a young a young Christian? in the faith. Well, you are, you're discipling my son. So how do you explain the value of, cause I know you're talking about getting into the word with him. Like how would you explain the value of that to a young Christian? The value of getting in the word. Um, no, that's, that's a great or really, question. Or any of the disciplines, any of the disciplines, but in, I know you've been talking about, you know, getting into the word, reading the Bible with my son, which I appreciate cause I want him to grow in that discipline. Sure. I guess the way I would express the value of getting into the word is literally having uh, your heart, mind, and soul transformed through the words uh, of Jesus. Uh, you know, I encourage people to get them into the New Testament and get them into the word and 
just really challenge them to, to open their eyes to it. Like you, you know, you say you're a Christian, you say you believe, but do you even know what's in here? Um, like you, you gotta almost see it as a playbook. Like God's given us the playbook, which is, is the Bible. And just like any star quarterback or any, you know, offensive player uh, on the football field is going to learn to plays. I think we need to do the same in our, in our walk and in our faith. So that's, how I would share. And I, and I would also say, uh, I believe mentoring is incredibly important and, you know, you mentor me and I mentor your son. And I think the benefit of getting people into the Bible where they can use it and they can read it on their own is like, yeah, you're going to have a mentor, but they're not going to be able to hold your hand every day. Uh, they're not going to be able to be present or available every day, but the word of God will always be there. And that's why the importance of it is, is so incredible.